0: Welcome to The Beacon, your connection to nonprofit success. Now here's your Lighthouse Council host. Hello and welcome to The Beacon podcast, your connection to nonprofit success. I'm Margaret Gardner, your host for today's discussion on year-end direct response fundraising. Our guest today is Pamela Barden, president of PJ Barden Incorporated. Welcome, Pamela.
1: Thank you, Margaret. It's great to be talking to you today in the Friends of Lighthouse.
0: So let me tell you a little bit about Pamela. She has amassed more than 40 years of nonprofit experience. As president of PJ Barden Incorporated, she counsels nonprofits, helping them develop their fundraising strategies and writing copy to achieve their goals. She previously taught fundraising courses in the Master of Public Administration program at the University of Laverne in Laverne, California, and the Fundraising Certification Program at UC La extension. Pamela is a former vice president at Russ Reed, and before that, she led fundraising efforts for nonprofit organizations such as World Relief and the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. Again, Pamela, welcome. We're so pleased to have you as a guest here with us today. Thanks, Margaret. So we're closing in on the end of the calendar year, which clearly will be here before we know it. So can you tell us how year-end direct response fundraising messages differ, or should differ, from other campaigns?
1: Sure. Well, first of all, you want to build on messages from the rest of the year. Now, some of you just got that deer in the headlight look. What messages from the rest of the year? So let's take one step backwards and remember that cultivating our donors is like a courtship. We don't not talk to somebody for month after month after month and then expect them to want to go out with us. We have to court them throughout the year. So hopefully you've been doing that. I'm going to work on that assumption. Mention things you've talked about previous several months. You want to show that your organization has made progress this year. You want to talk about what's ahead and you want to talk about the needs. It can't be all progress reporting because if the job is done, you don't need me. But on the other hand, If we never tell our donors that they're making a difference, that their gifts have really accomplished something, then we are not going to have an opportunity to get them to join with us at year end and partner in the next exciting thing down the line. So we want to focus on our need, but we want to make sure we put some effort into talking about what we've accomplished and really build that need up is exciting, that great opportunity, the next thing coming down the pike, as it were. And if it's just kind of the same old, same old, you know, let's face it, if you're providing care for the homeless or saving the whales, there's not a lot that changes. There is, but it's more at that big head level that it's hard for donors to get. They're more at the heart level, your direct response donors. But put a new spin on it, that this, uh, in the, in 2023, we want to do X, make it a really forward-looking appeal throughout that year-end season.
0: Okay, and I think that my next question you've partially answered. Ideally, what should a year-end direct response fundraising campaign look like? And when do you start planning that? What is the timeline for that? Okay, first of all, your year-end fundraising
1: campaign is not once and done. In the old days, we sent out a letter and people responded to the letter and maybe we sent out a follow-up mailing, but we don't do that anymore. But on the other hand, we don't just send out emails or put up a few posts on Facebook. People are inundated with emails. I know like me, you got up this morning and you had 20, 30, 40, 50 or more emails that you had to deal with. And frankly, let's be blunt, most of us dealt with the vast majority of them by clicking on that little delete button. We didn't even read them. We looked at who they were from and we moved on. And so we want to bring all of those elements together, not the moving on, but all of those direct response efforts together. And eventually the donor's going to see one of them and then they start building on each other. If you're just putting posts up on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, whatever it is, you're not gonna communicate with your donors because a lot of them aren't looking at those ever day. We have this concept that baby boomers have nothing, you know, especially retired baby boomers have nothing better to do than sit around and look at Facebook and get happy at everybody's puppies and grandchildren. Baby boomers are incredibly busy people. They've been working a long time and they've, they're kind of catching up on all the opportunities they missed. So you can't expect them to have the highlight of their day being to look at your Facebook page or your Instagram. So we're talking to them different ways. So that means, that that we're doing emails, we're doing letters, we're doing social media posts. Let me go through the email and letter schedule and then your social media, you just build around that. First of all, you want to do a single letter and it needs to be in home mid to late November. So you need to start planning. I'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute here, but you need to start planning that. Now, year-end is an amazing thing. It happens at the same time every year. There's never guesswork. We don't wake up one morning and hear on the radio or read on an app that year-end this year has been scheduled for such and such a date. It is always December 31. So if you're behind the eight ball on year-end, I'm sorry, but that's your own fault because year-end is a fixed time, point in time. So we need to start on it now. It's September. Let's get moving forward into in September and October on our year-end plans. So first of all, we have our letter. Our letter, as I said, needs to be in home in mid to late November. A lot of your executive directors or board chairs are really sweating copy on everything. And that's great. But I don't care what you put in your envelope. If people don't open the envelope, even if you send them a check for $1,000, they're not benefiting from it because they didn't open the envelope. So put some thought into your envelope. How are you going to get that envelope open? Chances are it's not a white number 10 window envelope. That screams junk mail so loud, it's almost deafening. So think about your envelope. How are you going to get people to open it? A great photo, a compelling teaser. The teaser is not, we need you to give a gift this year in. Well, guess what's inside this letter? I bet it's a fundraising request. It needs to be something that teases, that gets people to want to open that letter. Moving on, after our letters in the mail, we followed up with three follow-up emails. They're short, these are not long college text papers, um, term papers. These are short, brief. They reiterate the offer, what the excitement is that people would want to give to, and you ask them to give. You have three or four links in that letter where they can click and give. You also want to do an email sandwiched in there at the appropriate time. I like emails to be about seven, eight days apart. You don't want them daily. Uh, I get emails from some people daily and it just, it starts out as kind of white noise in my life and then it just becomes irritating. So about every seven, eight days. So when it's appropriate time, squeeze in your giving Tuesday email. Now I'm not this huge proponent of giving Tuesday But it is the one day a year when media is telling people that they should give money to charity. So you need to be in front of them for Giving Tuesday. Finally, after all of that work on your year end, you want to do three year end appeals, email appeals. These are all email appeals. And those three go out in the last three to five days of the year. You can kind of figure out where you want those to be. But these, when I said the other emails were short, these are short These are five, six sentences. Year-end is um, in just two days. That means that this is your final chance to support XYZ organization and the work we're doing, blah, blah, blah. Click here to make your year-end gift. Thank you so much for supporting us throughout the year and at year-end. Remember, 12% of all giving statistically happens December 29, 30, or 31st. So you need to be in front of your donors those three days of the year. In terms of timing, let me briefly touch on this. A lot of the timing of your mail, especially not your e-appeals, but your mail is out of your hands. You're relying on the printers and you're relying on the post office. In the last two years, a lot of print shops have closed and a lot of their suppliers have closed. They have had difficulty with supply chain, like we all have heard that term way too much, but they're having difficulty getting paper So and other supplies they need. Converting an envelope, which means an envelope that's printed flat and then made into the envelope, those people used to work maybe a week. Now they're asking for three to four weeks. So you need to plan with your printer now and say, how much time do you need? A year in letter that arrives in home January 2nd is not going to be effective. You can just trust me on that. And secondly, we're or victims of the post office. Last year, in sometime in November, early December, the post office announced a first-class mail slowdown. Well, if first-class mail slows down, you can bet nonprofit rate is slowing down even more. And so the post office was taking more time to deliver mail. So again, your year-end mailing needs to be in home in mid-November to late November, not January 2nd. So sit down with your printer, today when you get here finish this podcast sit down with your printer and start asking them how much time is it going to take to get these projects done
0: well ideally you know we're talking about now it's september would ideally this planning start before now
1: i actually with my clients i started in august but you can now is fine now is is a good time september is good October, you're pushing it a little bit, unless you're going to do a lot of work in house, stuff your envelopes or whatever it is. So, you know, you really, now is a perfect time. I would be getting on it now. I, like I said, I start with my clients in August, but that's because I'm doing multiple year-end appeals and I don't want to have to sit one day and write all of them because then they all start sounding alike. I want to be able to give time for the copy to percolate in my head and then for my designer to do his best work for my clients. So, I give it, I start in August, as I said, but now is a perfect time.
0: And then what about follow-up? I know you said clearly, obviously, that a year-end appeal that shows up January 2nd is not going to be effective, but what should show up January 2nd or that first week of January as a result of your year-end campaign? Well, Margaret, I know this is not popular
1: with some nonprofits, but I'm going to just say it and take a risk. A receipt, a thank you letter needs to show up. We have stopped saying thank you to our donors and we have terrible donor retention rates. I can't prove anything, but I personally think that if you're not thanking your donor for their gift, even if it's just $50, you can kiss them goodbye as a donor and you certainly We'll never see them as a major donor. People who are sending you $25 or $50 may have the potential to send a lot more. But if you can't even take the time to say thank you, and yes, I know it costs money to send a thank you letter. It may cost a dollar when you take in postage and paper. But if you don't take the time to thank your donor, you are ruining a relationship. Just think about the relationships you have with people. If you give a friend a birthday gift, you send them a birthday card with a gift card inside, say, and you never hear from them. Next year, you're probably going to be a lot less inclined to send them that $25 Amazon gift card or whatever it was. So you need to be doing the same with your donors. Get that receipt out. And then following that, Give them some updates somewhere in the first couple months of the year about what you accomplished last year, your goals. Keep in touch with them. Have a conversation with them about your organization. Don't just wait until next year and then say, Hey, remember us? You gave us $50 last year. How about doing it again? Uh, You really need to be in touch with your donors, but especially get that thank you letter out to them in January.
0: And I know that this is something that many nonprofits struggle with or fundraisers question. What about a second ask in those receipts or those thank yous? Yes or no? I'm a big believer in them.
1: I know a lot of organizations aren't. I like to have what I call the bounce back slip on the bottom of the receipt where you have a nice, warm thank you letter. It's very positive. And then at the bottom, you just real low key, have a a slip they can tear off for their next gift. That can be highly successful with some organizations. I think it's worth testing. I do not put that in the copy of a thank you letter. At the bottom, you'll find a slip that you can tear off and send back with your next gift. I don't do that, but I will put that in their hands so they can set it aside in their bill box or in their stack on their desk or whatever they use and have it when they're ready to send another gift. I just think it's a missed opportunity when we send something out and we don't give them that opportunity. A thank you letter is also a good time to enclose a brochure about memorial giving or monthly giving or something like that. Again, it's not overpowering the thank you. The biggest noise, as it were, in that envelope is thank you, thank you, thank you. And that's what we want our donors to hear. But we can give them other materials My theory is get your, I don't know, what is it now? 57, 58 cents for a stamp? Get your money's worth out of that. Whatever your first class postage is, fill your envelope up to 0.9999. Fill it up. Get your money's worth out of your stamp. But make sure the most dominant message, as I said, is thank you.
0: You've certainly given us plenty of point blank advice. Uh, If you could narrow that down to, to one piece of advice for nonprofits concerning their year-end direct response? What would it be?
1: With apologies to Nike, just do it. (laughs) One third of annual giving is in December. So whatever you can do, do it. Don't miss year-end because you're hoping for perfection. There is no perfection in direct response. I don't care what anyone says. I go back and read a letter a year. I just pulled one up today from February. I'm writing a letter for the client. I wanted to reread the letter I had sent them last, the last letter they received. And they've received a lot of fundraising messages via email in the meantime, but I'm reading it going, oh, I wish I'd said it that way. I wish I'd said it that way. There's no perfection. We're never going to be 100% satisfied, but I can guarantee you, you'll be 100% miserable. If you miss out on that year in giving, it's a key time for people to give. One third of annual giving is done in December. And I'm not talking about your major givers. They have their own routines. I'm talking about your direct response, your bulk of your audience, your foundation of your fundraising program. Those folks tend to give more in December than any other time of the year. So don't miss it because you are striving for, for perfection. Just do it. Get that mailing out.
0: Great advice. Great advice. Thank you so much, Pamela. You really packed a lot of information into, into the time that you spent with us. Thanks for being with us again and for sharing your terrific insights. Is, is there anything that you'd like to add before we close out?
1: I just wish everybody a really, really great year end. I hope your fundraising is successful. I know we've had some tough years. It hasn't been easy being a fundraiser the last few years. We've had to deal with things we never planned for. There was never a class in any fundraising program you ever took that dealt with what we've gone through the last couple of years. But keep at it, you're doing a great job. The amazing work that nonprofits are doing, it just is, it truly is changing our world. And so stick with it and get those year-end appeals going and have a great, great year-end season.
0: Wonderful, thank you again. And for our listeners, you can connect with Pamela on LinkedIn. Or at and I'm gonna spell some of this out so we don't get confused. It's PJ Barden, I n c D O T C O M, spelled out, dot WordPress dot com. And thank you all for listening. Once again, I'm Margaret Gardner, and I hope to see you next time on the Beacon Podcast, Your Connection to Nonprofit Success. Thanks for listening to the Beacon, your connection to nonprofit success. Tune in every week for nonprofit topics with special guest interviews suggest future topics, and learn more about upcoming podcasts and guests at LighthouseCouncil.com.